You're listening to Soundwise Podcast, a show hosted by Alex in Serbia and Vlada in Poland. Each week we cover a different artist or band and engage in an open and spontaneous debate and discussion about specific parts of their discographies. Our goal is to expand our musical horizons and cover a great range of artists and styles. Find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash soundwisepod and social media at soundwisepod. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Soundrise Podcast. Today with me is my dear friend Alexander and we're going to talk about a very interesting act, the band called Material. You may have not heard about them, but Alexander will give us a few words. So Alexander, how are you doing today? Hello Vlada, hello everyone. I'm doing really well and I'm really glad to have you back Vlada on the show. Are you feeling well now? Feeling much better after a really difficult week during which we couldn't record, unfortunately, due to my illness. Uh, at one point, I even thought it was COVID-19, but fortunately, it wasn't anything of sorts, even though it wasn't much better anyway. So, Alexander, material, you chose this act. What is it about this band? What's so special about them? Yes, as you said, material. I discovered this band last year, I think last summer. And I wanted to to do this because I think it's interesting for from many points of view. So material, this band was formed in 1979 in New York. It was formed by the bassist Bill Laswell. And he was basically, from start to finish of, of this band's career, he was, he was the face of this band, basically. So the idea of this band came around when... A Russian music entrepreneur called George Gomelsky moved to the US, to New York, and he wanted to introduce this type of European progressive jazz rock music to, to the American market. So he met Bill Laswell and encouraged him to, to form a band. Now, Bill was at that time aged 24, and he went on to form material with Michael Beinhorn, on the synthesizer, Martin B.C., the engineer and the producer, and Fred Mayer, the drummer. Now, what's really interesting here is that the rest of the of the crew, apart from Bill Laswell, they were basically teenagers. Michael Beinhorn was age 17, Martin B.C. was also 17, and Fred Mayer, the drummer, was only 14 years of age. So, quite a young lineup there, and... One of their first recordings was the EP Temporary Music 1, released in 1979. And in 1981, they released their second EP called Temporary Music 2. So they kind of wanted to introduce this type of industri industrial funk and jazz from Europe. And one of their founding members, David Allen, the former gong frontman, he joined the band, but soon he would leave the band because apparently he discovered that he couldn't stand the European way of life after doing a tour in France. So that's really interesting. The first record from this band was Memory Serves from 1981, which we will talk about. What is really interesting about this band is, is that they have collaborated with a number of popular and we can also see a legendary musicians. So basically every record here was some sort of a new project with new elements, with different sounds, 
this band was really open to experimenting stuff. They stopped playing in 1999. Bill Laswell was basically left alone. He was touring, uh, writing and collaborating with some musicians, but nowadays he... I follow him on Bandcamp, so he does some projects, but Material is not active anymore, so they were active from 1979 to 1999. Now, I will mention, with all of the records that we're going to talk talk about today, I will mention all the legendary names on them. So let's get straight into the, the records, Vlada. As always, we like to start our chat with debut albums. So Memory Serves from 1981. Sorry, guys. So, Vlada, before I ask you about this record, I have a couple of names that I want to list. Uh, Sonny Sherrock, Fred Frith, uh, Henry Threadgill, and others. Do any of these names ring a bell to you? Oh, yeah, of course. And I mean, the first thing that I noticed when I looked up this record was that Sonny Sherrock was on the guitar. And Sonny Sherrock is one of the legendary jazz guitar players he even played with Miles Davis. And, you know, once you play with Miles, that means that you're at the top tier of musicians of the world. So uh, the other musicians you mentioned also had very prolific careers, played with a number of amazing musicians along the way. So it's actually quite fascinating. This band was able to attract such names on their debut album. I, I was really thinking about what it could be my guess was that uh, Bill Laswell was probably at that time already a prominent session bass player and that all these musicians knew him or knew somebody who knew him or th- that he was very well connected. Uh, what do you know about this? Yeah, he was he was famous for, you know, knowing all these guys and he, he had a couple of bands before. Uh, he was playing with, with jazz musicians and, and funk musicians, you know, this Russian uh, music entrepreneur, George Gomelsky, he kind of connected him with, with many uh, musicians because they, they, they held some gigs and, and some tours before material even got to the scene. So that was, that was probably the reason. And you just mentioned jazz. Now, dear listeners, this is not a jazz band and I really can't find you know, a single label, a single music genre to attach to this band, which is really interesting. You know, this band has a lot, a, a lot of sounds, so you will kind of figure it out yourself when you hear these records. So, Vlada, Material, and their debut album, Memory Serves, what were your thoughts? I have to say, I was kind of excited to listen to this, primarily because of the presence of Sonny Sherrock, but I didn't really know what to expect. And what we have here is a a very interesting fusion of styles. As you said, it's very difficult to define this band. But to me, this sounds very much like some other experimental music from the era. Notably, uh, it is reminiscent of King Crimson's 80s period. You know, Discipline and those other records that came out around that time. That being said, I don't mean that it sounds exactly like it, but in its approach... There's a certain approach to it where musicians do not only get into the groove or uh, follow a certain melody, but they also produce certain kind of soundscapes. So this mm, this record is very atmospheric and th- there's a certain industrial feel to it as well. So it's kind of a cross between 
a new wave, more experimental new wave of the era. And uh, jazz fusion, especially with Sonny Sherrick, he's absolutely brilliant here. Notably creating those soundscapes with his guitar in the background. It's almost Robert Fripp-like in the way he does it. Um, I think there's a track here, uh, I think it's Metal Test. It's absolutely brilliant, uh, especially Sherrick's playing. And all in all, it's a very exciting record to listen to. Very experimental, may not be easily accessible to everyone, but I definitely enjoyed myself throughout this record. And uh, as for the highlights, a lot of stuff works here. Memory Serves, the, the opening track, is right on the money. And then the aforementioned Metal Test, Conform to the Rhythm, is also another track that I liked. A lot of interesting breakdowns that you hear during the songs, where you hear a really cool bass part or a sudden change of the rhythm. Very unconventional and very well executed. Well, what are your thoughts, Alexander? Okay, Vladislav. So, as I said, I, I discovered this band last year, and the first record that I heard was this one. And for some reason, I, I just wasn't into uh, exploring more about the band. So this was a good opportunity to to do that research to me, this this is an absolute class of of a record. I, I really enjoyed it from start to finish. You have this opening track, "Memory Serves," with a monstrous bass line. You know, I always get chills when I when I listen to it. Also, like the the vocals here that kind of remind you of some new wave acts. Also, conform to the rhythm, the same kind of singing. The rest of the album is pretty much filled with instrumentals which is not bad at all because yeah you know, i really the... loved it i really loved that about the record all those instrumentals that's what really bought me from the get-go yes the music alone is fabulous so you had really a lot to to listen to here and uh, a really exciting record as you know Vlada, i'm not a jazz fan but this is the amount of jazz that i really like how does that sound to you I don't know, man. I think I, I think that you need to be more open-minded to jazz in general. I think sometimes jazz can appear a bit scary, but this is jazz, for instance. This is jazz too. And is this nothing... a good starting point for jazz beginners? No, because it's very experimental, maybe weird, but it's definitely a good record to listen to. And um, I don't know, like it's it's really hard to define it genre wise but i would say it's a jazz record too especially for the presence of all these great jazz musicians sonny sherrick particularly the that man's playing is just out of the the world just a record it's very much uh in the spirit of its time very reminiscent of some other things going on but at the same time it's very bold it's not in any way you know it's it it sounds very uncompromising which is something that later on we will see this band will lose along the way. So this is like a typical debut album where the band is new and fresh, the project is new, there's a lot of excitement, there's a sense of freedom. And of course, I guess once this came out, the record label came in and things changed. That's just my theory, though. I'm not sure that's how it, how it worked out. Yeah, you were absolutely right. We'll discuss the latter records. I don't have anything else to add here. I was blown away by it. I'm still really positive about this record. 
so many good tracks. Uh, I urge our listeners to listen to it in its entirety. Shall we now do the ratings and favorite tracks, Lada? Yes, so my rating for this one is 8. So really good, consistent record. Uh, interesting to listen to. It never really lets up. And uh, my favorite track is very hard to choose, to be honest. I think I have to give it a few more listens for the favorite to truly settle in. But I would say Metal Test for me is my favorite track. Nice choice. Okay, my favorite track is Memory Serves. I just can't ignore that wild bass line. And my rating is a 9 out of 10. So I was really pleased with this record. And now let's move on to... 1982 the follow-up called one down so this record is a follow-up but it's a completely different story here a completely different sound blada here the original drummer fred mayer is gone he's not with the band anymore but we do have some other collaborators here like whitney houston he uh sorry she sang for the seventh track here called memories which which is a ballad and also, you you guys can hear, you know, based on some of these tracks, that Nile Rodgers was also here present. I mean, and his look, look. Sorry to interrupt you, but I think this is like a chic record in disguise. Ooh, that's a, that's a nice comparison. So, Vlada, we have a completely different sound here. What were your thoughts about it? First of all, my initial thought upon hearing this is a huge disappointment. I just for the life of me, don't understand where that band from the first record disappeared. Now, don't get me wrong. I like it when the bands decide to branch out and they try something new, incorporate new styles. But this to me is a huge change, a massive change in direction. And it seems to me that this once avant-garde band all of a sudden tried to pander to the wider audience. And it sounds very much like uh, chic records but just without the actual charm that those records have which I think is a huge problem okay the musicianship of course is on a very high level that goes without saying uh, again some great names here great collaborators some interesting Nile Rogers, Whitney Houston and even Teddy on, Thompson. The sixth, on the sixth track so I mentioned Nile Rogers, uh, Whitney Houston and, and on the sixth track Brian Eno is even listed here. Yeah, and, and Bernard Fowler, I see, gives his vocals on a few tracks. And this was long before Bernard Fowler, those who know, became the backing vocalist for the Rolling Stones. So he's been with the Rolling Stones for like the last 30 years, singing backing vocals for Mick Jagger. So when, when a good old Mick gets a bit tired, then Bernard Fowler bails him out so he's also very prominent on, he, on this record and of course the important thing here is the young Whitney Houston who at that time was I guess a virtual unknown and uh, have to say the track that she sings on Memories might sound a bit like a cheesy ballad but it's such a beautiful track she sings it so wonderfully it's definitely the highlight of this group of songs even though it sounds completely unlike anything that they did on the first record but overall i'm kind of disappointed with this one it just sounds like chic and i just don't understand why they went in this direction what he was thinking 
what the point was, whether they just wanted to sell records. I don't know. I guess they were young guys at the time. They wanted some fame. They wanted a taste of it. That's my theory. What do you think? Yes, it's really difficult to define this band. It's really difficult to, to have feelings about it because this is such a huge departure and just don't know i i honestly don't find any similarities with the previous record so it, it's like you know listening to another band basically uh, i'm not really disappointed but i i definitely prefer memory service over this one and uh, also have to mention uh, another collaborator nana hendrix um i don't really know much about her but she but she is according to wikipedia a distant relative to to Jimi Hendrix, and we yeah, all know and, who and Jim, a really good Jimi vocalist. Yeah, I think uh, musicianship here is really good. Vocals, everything. It just that ultimately just sounds bland. It doesn't offer. Do you anything think that new. all these musicians? We all know that they are all superb musicians. Do you think that they were kind of lazy and not ambitious enough? Uh, no, I I wouldn't say that. I mean, the, this kind of record still takes a lot of effort and. Uh, obviously, these are fantastic musicians. I just think that there might have been some kind of other motivation here at play. Or maybe, what do I know? Maybe they just wanted to do a typical funk disco record with a more commercial sound. Uh, I don't know. Musicians tend to change from one record to another. And when they feel that they have freedom, sometimes they want to radically change things. Sometimes it's because they want to appeal to more people. After all, they live off music, you know. But I just think that this record is a huge letdown after the very good debut album that sounded so promising, so exciting, so fresh, so different from most of other things uh, around that time. I don't know. I, I can I can actually single out some positives here. So, dear listeners, if you are fans of material, I'm here to save the day. So, uh, I I did like some tracks here, like "Take a Chance" and uh, also the bonus track "Busted Out." I thought that those tracks had some funky and and, and interesting sounds. Uh, nothing too experimental. Nothing too fancy. It was it was kind of okay. You know, I I can I can single out those tracks that, that I enjoyed but overall the record is definitely not great by any stretch this, so w- would you revisit this record I wouldn't I would you would I actually yes I would and I just wouldn't be so excited about it and I wouldn't pay too much attention you know this record would be some kind of let's say background music or something to I don't know, get my mood up. You know, nothing special. So, so basically, music. Yeah, kind of. Maybe a bit better than that. That doesn't, but... that doesn't, that doesn't bode well for this album then. Right? But that, that does say that I would revisit it. <laughs> for all the wrong reasons, apparently. For all the wrong reasons. I can't wait to do the ratings, so... Let's get straight into them. Lada, give us your rating and pick a favorite track if you had any. Well, the favorite track is Memories because of Whitney Houston and I really love her presence there. It is a bit cheesy, but hey, it's better than anything else on the record. And it's nice to hear her. She 
She was a legend, you know, a truly great vocalist. I, I had the fortune to hear her live once. And uh, whether you like this kind of music or not, Whitney Houston was definitely a legend. So I will single out that track. I won't be too harsh on this record. I still think there's a lot of good musicianship here. You hear some cool bass bits here and there. So Nile Rodgers has some great guitar lines. So I would say six. Six. So it's not unlistenable. It's just boring and bland. Oh, I thought that you were about to give some really harsh ratings because you talked we're about... We're not talking about Limp Biscuit here, okay? <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay, so my rating is... Uh, I'm kind of between 7 and 7.5. So I'll give it a 7.5. And, and favorite track here is... Well, I did like the bonus track, Busting Out, but I'll pick, you know, from the original track listing, I'll pick um, I'm the One, which also features Bernard Fowler. Okay, so we're now skipping a few records and moving on to the 90s, to 1991. Now here, uh, Bill Oswell is still with material, but uh, Michael Beinher is not with the band anymore. New names, new legendary names. Here we have Bootsy Collins from Parliament and Funkadelic is one of the main collaborators. Uh, we also have Herbie Hancock, Henry Threadgill. Uh, we also have some covers, uh, cover versions here, like Cosmic Slob. That's a Funkadelic song. And also yeah, Mellow Mood from... Sorry? And also Jimi Hendrix, Power of Soul. I think it was written... I think it's credited to George Clinton. Oh, that's Jimi Hendrix, Power of Soul. But they combined that one with another song, which is probably Clinton's. Yeah, I think that uh, Material actually did uh, Clinton's version. So, yeah, Cosmic Slop. And we also have Bob Marley's Mellow Mood. Uh, Mellow Mood, sorry. So, again, a totally different band here. We also have this interesting uh, album cover, which features an Illuminati sign. Vlada... Is it any better this time? Okay, so first of all, I, I just I can't stop laughing. This is like the weirdest story about an album that I ever read in my entire life. So apparently, this was supposed to be the record by the legendary reggae duo Robbie Shakespeare and Sly Dunbar. But then Bill Laswell worked on the record too as a bass player, and he just took over the sessions. And he added so much stuff to it that these two guys were saying, look, this is unrecognizable. This is not our record anymore. We don't want our names on this stuff. Imagine what kind of record is this then? That the people whose record this was supposed to be basically renounced the record. Just what, wow. the, hell, what the hell is going on here? And okay, I know there's Herbie Hancock. There's all these really Bootsy Collins, great musicians. Yeah, it's all really well played. But this is like such a hodgepodge of a record, like combining dubs, dub and uh, reggae and uh, hip-hop, and it all sounds so cheesy and so early 90s. Like, it's so unmistakably early 90s. It's just, just bad. It's just bad. <laughs> well, I, I have to say one thing, uh, because d during the 80s, uh, Bill Laswell was closely collaborating and working with Herbie Hancock, and they also did some uh, albums together, and Herbie Hancock actually put his name on it, so I know that's not 
you know, the same, the exact same thing here. But, you know, all these guys work together and also Sly and Robbie were listed here as, you know, collaborators and additional Yes, musicians. but it was supposed to be their record. It was supposed to be their album. And it you think this was a steal? They thought it was so bad that they just gave it away to Bill. Imagine, have you ever heard such story? I've never heard anything like no. this. No, not at all. <laughs> and of course, it sounds nothing like the previous two records we talked about. The, it, n- nothing like the previous two? No. Are we now including the second record as well? Yeah, like the previous... Uh, okay, of course, the previous two were all, also sounded different from one another, right? But this is like, again, a completely different story. It's like, I mean... I'm all for bands being different from one record to another, but this is not the same thing. This is like a completely different project, you know? Like, if you went into this band listening to the first record and even the second and then went to this one, you'd be shocked. You'd be really confused, you know? This is like snitching every every previous record, you know? Moving on from one to another, you know, creating totally different sounds. It's really, you know, confusing. And also so, the worst cover of a Jimi Hendrix song ever. Like really. Cosmic Slop? Yeah, I don't know why it's even called that way. It's like, let me just, let me just take a look. Sorry. Let me just take well, a look. Well, to be honest. Is, I, it, says, it says here, a high power of soul black chant. Okay, that's the name. Cosmic Slop is a different song. So power of soul. Uh, it's titled to everyone except Jimi Hendrix. I mean, it's credited to everyone except Jimi Hendrix, apparently. Even though it has his famous uh, chorus with the power of soul, anything is possible, and so on. So it's like, I don't know what this is. I honestly don't understand. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this discussion, to be honest. Uh, by the way, Cosmic Slump, uh, as I said, it, it's a Funkadelic song. Well, I, I heard that song by Funkadelic for the first time, and I thought that they did an okay cover here. But the rest of the album, to be honest, I don't really remember any tracks here. Just remember these boring hip-hop elements. It was kind of, as you said, too cheesy, too boring, too... It's like that, you it's, know, it's like a record. that kind of outdated '90s hip hop. You know, not the cool '90s, but to be honest, but you, the outdated. We, 90s we all know, yeah, we all know these famous na- uh, '90s rap musicians. Like I don't know, Easy E, Tupac, uh, Dr. Dre. They sounded way more original and genuine at that time than this record. Yeah, here we have. Let me just check who's guesting, who's rapping. You have Jungle Brothers. Jungle Brothers, um, yeah, they're they're well known, I think, but it all just Shabba sounds Rex, bad. Baby um, Bam, Jeff Bova. But then also um, you see, like, there's so many good musicians here, like Masio Parker and Bootsy Collins, and of course Sly and Robbie, and all these Fred Wesley. So it's not like all of this stuff is really well performed. It just that. It's completely defying any reason, you know, musically speaking. It's like completely redundant in my mind. Yes, and yeah, it just sounded like they were trying, they were attempting to sound like a rap group, but they also incorporated some other, some other sounds and it just, you know, the, the overall outcome was so confusing, so 
bland, as you said. So and, and, then, and then Robbie and Sly were like, okay, hey, Billy, I mean, you haven't had a record in a while. Maybe you could do with this one. Here, this is our gift to you. Show it to the world. Do you think that they were generous to him? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, I wanted to say, I mentioned in, when I introduced this record uh, that Michael Beinhorn, one of the founding members, was not with the band anymore. I'm now going to be There's a bit... no band. There's no band. They were like, oh, Billy, take this record. And then Billy just slapped the name material on it. That's all. I'm going to sound a bit like I have a tongue in my cheeks. So Billy Beinhorn, you know, probably ran away from this kind of project. And he later on went to do record production for Marilyn Manson and Red Hot Chili Peppers. So the founding member of the band is famous for doing recording for these bands, Vlada. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so shall we... Anyway, let's, um, let's, let's do this. I, I don't like giving bad ratings to good musicians, okay? But let's do this. Okay, do you want, do you want me to go first? Sure. Okay. Oh, wow. So difficult. Um, the favorite track will be Cosmic Slop, just because I know it from Funkadelic and I really like that band. And I think that they did an okay cover of that song here. So Cosmic Slop, but the rating is... Okay, I won't be too harsh. I live that. I, I will leave that to Vlada. So I'll give it a 5 out of 10. Wow, so, some people would even think it's a masterpiece or something with 5 out of 10. Okay, I'll, I don't want to choose any <laughs> highlights. I refuse to do that. There's no highlights on this record. I'll give it, I'll give it a 3, okay, just for the sake of <laughs> all the good musicianship, like Herbie Hancock. Who doesn't like Herbie Hancock? So, so you, you just want to show respect to those people. Yes, respect. Obviously a record with a lot of great musicians something went horribly wrong in the production a really weird story and the overall. whole idea behind this record i would say I, I i would like to to go back and check some other records by material that probably came as a result of actual uh creative freedom of bill laswell or this is i think that you will find his creativity with his uh with the bands first EPs and possibly memory serves but later on I think throughout the 80s they were just doing pop stuff and during the 90s they switched to rap and I think the last record from 1999 is also some kind of hip hop I don't know influenced stuff no I have to wonder did they actually sell any of these records I mean I don't know it's a shame because the guy's obviously a great musician and that first record was so damn good. It's, I don't know. And anyway, it's a really what interesting. What happened to those guys? What in, happened? Interesting to them? band to talk about. But what happened was, I, I don't know. We have to ask a question about the nature of music industry, music business, especially in those times before the internet. It was very harsh, you know. It was very difficult to make it, and people have to put some food on their table. So it's it's easy to judge musicians for making certain decisions, but we shouldn't judge them. We should just talk about the music and what it brings 
And unfortunately, it seems to me that other than that first record, the other two records just don't really bring much to the table. That They're kind of forgettable. Yes. Okay, Vlada. So my final word about this band is that it's totally confusing. I don't really know how to feel about it because, you know, my, my rating for the, for the debut album was 9 out of 10. So I was, you know, I was basically in love with this record and I'm definitely going back to it. It was promising. I thought that I was in for some jazzy and, and uh, progressive stuff, but they just... I don't know. Maybe they sold out. Maybe they wanted to exp- to experiment experiment more. Like you know, with some of these records, when you listen to the arrangements and especially the drums, they just sound like you know some '80s pop disco stuff. Like really simple, really boring. So I don't know what 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 was it? What uh, made them produce such records? So I don't really know how to feel about it. I will though. Revisit Memory Serves and some of the early EPs just to see that industrial funk that was allegedly incorporated in the beginning. But the third power, uh, this last record that we talked about, just wasn't my kind of thing, Vlada. Yeah, I mean, I would recommend everyone to check out that first record. I think it's really amazing. If you like that kind of experimental kind of jazz fusion sound with elements of new wave king crimson too like 80s king crimson if you like that kind of stuff you should check out this record but other than that i don't see any reason why you would listen to this band Uh, even though i have to say i'm kind of curious about other records too if you're a chic fan then definitely check out one down i think you would really enjoy it a lot if you're a disco fan but I don't know, a really, a really interesting band. I'm kind of glad you discovered this band because they're not really talked about. And, you know, it's so amazing to hear so many great musicians on their, on their albums, especially that first record with Sonny Sharrock, who's just out of this world. That's worth listening to just because of his contributions alone. But yeah, a kind of a sad story to me. So that's my final verdict. Okay, Vlada, fair enough. Um, dear listeners, thanks for tuning in and listening to this this little discussion and ranting. Be sure to check out our social media. We have the same handle, at Pod. Also, if you would like to support our show and hear more of these stories and laughter and controversy, feel free to join our Patreon community for as little as $1 per month. That would mean the world to us, so... Go check us out. Uh, We are easy to find. Soundrise Podcast. Till the next week, all the best and stay safe. Write a review and then you can share it. With the world. In any social media platform. And then your friends see it and you can share and discover new shows together. This is Steph, instigator of Pod Rev Day Podcast Review Day. And I'm Andy from Inspired Money. And I'm Arielle of Earbuds Podcast Collective and CastBox. We're here to tell you everything you need to know about Pod Rev Day. Which is on the 8th of every month of every year of every century of every... You get it. We are posting podcast reviews as part of hashtag Pod Rev Day Podcast Review Day. Because podcasters work their butt off and deserve to know how much they've impacted your lives. And you can do that through reviews. Even one star feels surprisingly <laughs> good. Does it? it lets you know that people are at least listening. Don't be a passive podcast listener. 
write a review and tell your favorite creator what you love about their podcast or about a specific episode. And to participate, you just need to do one review. And we'll see you every eighth of the month. PodRev Day, because podcasters deserve to hear it. Hashtag PodRev Day, P-O-D-R-E-V-D-A-Y.